let's pray. Dear Lord, please bless this presentation of Catching Up with Jacob. Praise Jesus. Okay. Am I in focus? Everything good? The lighting good? Yes, sir. Okay. Blessings in Jesus, dear friends. Welcome to Catching Up with Jacob. I'm with Jacob, and you've caught up with me. I'm in the Punjab in India on the border of Pakistan and India. Uh, today, we did a pastor's conference, and we're between Amritsar, the sacred city of the Sikhs, and Lahore, Pakistan, and we're on the, on the border of Pakistan today. This is an area where there's persecution of Christians on both sides of the border. In Pakistan, most of the persecution of Christians is unreported. Nobody says anything when Muslims persecute Christians. It's only when people stand up to radical Islam that the world is up in arms. They can do anything they want to Christians, Jews, or even moderate Muslims. And the media doesn't care. The left doesn't care. Social media doesn't care. God, of course, cares. But there's horrible persecution in Pakistan. And there is persecution in India. Some of the persecution in India at Manipur was 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 reported internationally, but I'm presently in um, an area that is obviously Sikh, and although Sikhs tend to be moderate when they're in Canada or England or the United States, they can be quite radical in their on their own turf, and a number of Sikhs have come to faith in Jesus, and there is persecution of. Indian Christians say that of the Sikh religion by fundamentalist Sikhs, known as the Akali Dal and other such groups. So here we are. I'm in an area where there's a lot, a lot of persecution, Islamic persecution and Sikh persecution. Um, and of course, India being being what it is, you can see the poverty, you can see the sacred cows. While children are allowed to go hungry, the cows are fed the finest of wheat, you can see what this religion actually is. And uh, we were talking to pastors today, and uh, we were talking about how Satan is a master counterfeiter, how Satan is a master counterfeiter. And Hinduism does very much count, counterfeit the Judeo-Christian way of salvation. Um we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what some people call the Trinity, or we have a triunity of the Godhead. And of course, in Hinduism, you have Brahma, you have Sitra, and you have Vishnu. They have a counterfeit Trinity. We have the Gospels. They have a body of literature called Gita, Gita, like Bhagavad Gita, the Gita. We have the Book of Joshua, the conquering of the lands. They have something called the Mahabharat. We have something called the Song of Solomon. They have something called the Kama Sutra. We have baptism. They have something called the Maha Kumbha Mila. There's always a Hindu equivalent of everything in the Bible, and they try to make it look the same. They try to make it look just like a cultural modification of the same thing. This is, of course, the lie that is told to the West, and it is a lie Moreover, that Westerners tell each other. But when you come to India and you see the reality, I have never seen the life of a cow worth more than the life of a sick and hungry child in the Western world or in the Judeo-Christian world. But that's exactly what you see in India. I've never seen that. I've never seen Christians persecuting Sikhs or persecuting Hindus or murdering them 
in the United States or in Great Britain or in Canada. But that's what you see here in India, Christians actually being murdered. Additionally, the Judeo-Christian faith is a faith which is focused in its aim on the eradication of evil, the destruction of evil, as opposed to Hinduism, which requires the perpetuation of evil. Again, they have a counterfeit of second birth. To them, it's reincarnation, it's karma. So if you were a bad person in this life, something bad has to happen to you in the next life. Or if something bad is happening to you in this life, it's because you were a bad person in the last life. Hinduism is predicated upon and depends upon the perpetuation of evil and of death, while the Judeo-Christian faith is dedicated to the ultimate destruction of evil and of death. Yet you see silly people in the West going to yoga and going to ashrams, not knowing what these things really, really are. But when you come to the East, you see it. I've seen similar such things in Badling, China, where you look at where Chinese medicine comes from, from Taoism, from yin and yang. Uh, and, and you see people having jugs of wine, white wine, with six species of poison snakes floating in the wine. Um, and, and, and the venom from the snakes seeping into the wine and they're selling it by the spoonful to Westerners as aphrodisiacs. The absurdity of Westerners turning to these Eastern religions is absolutely nothing short of preposterous, but it's not new. As Isaiah said, my people are filled with influences from the East. These things all, of course, originate in Babylon and with the Tower of Babel and the days of Nimrod and Semiramis, and they will have their ultimate climax in Babylon the Great. But you see it now, the nonsense of Westerners um, embracing these religions where a cow's life is more important than the life of a baby, um, where Christians are murdered. There is a sect on the, instead, again, there's always a counterfeit. Instead of the Jordan River, they have the Ganges. And they burn corpses in the Ganges. And there's a sect called Agara. And they put white makeup on their face. And corpses are cremated or, per, or partially cremated in the Ganges and let to float away into eternity or something. And downstream, the Agara fish the corpses out and eat them. They literally practice cannibalism, eating what's left of cremated corpses that they fish out of the Ganges. Um, this is what it really is. Now, I've had the blessing and privilege to share fellowship today and yesterday with people saved out of these religions and some wonderful pastors and brothers in Christ who see what it is and know what it is. I only wish more people in the West saw and knew what it is. But that is the reality of the world in which we live. Moriel India is doing very well by God's grace. The children's work is going forward, and we're going to be expanding it um, to take in more children, but we're going to have a second construction project building on top of the buildings we already have. Um, that will be something we'll talk about in the future. But we're opening a new church. We're dedicating a new church we built tomorrow. We do pray that the Lord will bless it, but also pray, pray for the protection. Pray, pray for the protection of the believers here in, in the Punjab. It is a very difficult area. 
Um, another Indian soldier was killed today by Pakistanis. They believe it was a military sniper. So there's military border conflicts in the area where we are. There's all kinds of things going on. Um, and again, most of this stuff is underreported in the Western press. Nonetheless, here we are. I'm in India. I'm glad we have the connection. It was not known if we would have the connection, but we do. I've been trying to follow some of the international news from where I am. And this is the first Thanksgiving in American history, the first Thanksgiving in the history of the United States since there was Thanksgiving, going back to Abraham Lincoln, who inaugurated it as a holiday, um, a national holiday and day of prayer and Thanksgiving. This is the first Thanksgiving where the White House Declaration of Thanksgiving issued by Joe Biden and the Biden administration does not mention God or thanks to God. This is the first time it's happened. No God, no thanks to God. The very purpose in nature, the ethos, the ontogeny, the origin, the focus of what the feast, holy day, holiday of Thanksgiving was meant to be has been eradicated by the corrupt government of the United States and a corrupt president. No mention of God whatsoever. America is very much a nation that's turned its back on God. The news reports I'm getting from America are getting more shocking. Two, actually there was three, one escaped assailants, attacked a policeman with a knife on the subway in the Bronx, in, in, New, in New York, and a judge let them go. A, ju a judge let them go. A deputy in Southern California, a woman deputy, was brutally attacked. The assailant on film took her gun and took her baton and the judge let him go. Yet other judges are pursuing politically biased collaboration with prosecutors going after people they disagree with politically, particularly the Trump administration. And again, I'm not campaigning for Donald Trump. I'm just commenting on what is happening. We have a corrupt, godless, godless judiciary, and it's getting worse. And I only thank God that these judges will stand before the real judge, as I've said before. Then there will be justice. In the meantime, here we are. In Israel, the Biden administration, or the Joe Obama administration, has forced Israel to acquiesce to a quote-unquote temporary ceasefire. Now, remember, there was a ceasefire in effect up until the 6th of October, from the previous time Hamas broke the ceasefire. And they broke the ceasefire the previous time before that. This is the third, technically the fourth time they've broken ceasefires. Now, when the Israelis hit back, they want a ceasefire on humanitarian ground. And, of course, they're using their own women and children as an excuse to try to get it and to manipulate stupid people in the Western world. In fact, the Israelis provided a way of escape out of northern Gaza and Gaza City, and Hamas is using its own people as human shields. The same old story. You attack Israeli civilians and use your own civilians, including children, as human shields. So when the Israelis are forced to fight, fire back in self-defense, you can say, look what the Israelis are doing. And of course, the left is more than happy to blame Israel for everything, overlooking the fact that Israel itself was attacked and an existing ceasefire was violated 
unilaterally by Hamas. This is what's happening. Of course, the senior most leaders of Hamas are in Qatar, some in Turkey, mostly in Qatar, living quite safely, five-star lifestyles. They have embezzled $11 billion in international aid given to help the people of Gaza. But nobody says about that. They have $11 billion, including Hania and El, uh, and Mahmoud El-Azara, um, who says that this is not just about liberating, quote-unquote, Palestine from the Zionists. It's about conquering all 510 million square kilometers of the Earth's surface, enforcing Islam on the world, and, and getting rid of the Christians, destroying the Christians. Now, this is what Hamas says, but the left doesn't seem to care. The left has a situation where everybody had to admit communism does not work, socialism does not work. That happened. They could not show you one example. Hence, the working classes gave up hope in socialism and in communism because it didn't work. It failed. Um, not that I'm, again, on a political soapbox for any other ism. I'm simply saying by any barometer of history, they cannot show you a single success story of socialism, of real socialism or real communism. So what they have done is reinvent themselves to a world of the oppressors and the oppressed without any regard for reality. It becomes not the working classes, workers of the world unite. It's not the old Karl Marx rhetoric, which has failed and not worked. It instead becomes sexual orientation, gender, race, skin color, things like that. The oppressor and the oppressed. And the oppressor is always evil, and the oppressed is always good no matter what they do. An actual fact, the oppressor is Hamas in this situation, not Israel. Israel was allowing people from the Gaza Strip to work in Israel every day, seven to 10,000 of them. They were allowing food, medical equipment, fuel, water to enter every day under the terms of the old ceasefire that Hamas destroyed. They lie that there was an occupation when Israel has not been in Gaza since 2005. All they do is lie. The left lies. The stupidity of these people, the hypocrisy, as we've said, is frustrating. They're all for homosexual rights and lesbian rights, ignoring what Hamas and their Iranian sponsors do to homosexuals and lesbians, or women, or anybody else they don't like. Yet, they're the oppressed. No, they are the oppressor. They've lost their mind. They've been given over to this debauchery. But the judges have lost their mind. Politicians have lost their mind. This so-called ceasefire is ridiculous. Logically, the Israelis should not agree for one drop of water or one drop of fuel to enter Gaza until the hostages, all of them, are released. Yeah, we want to help your people. We want to give them water, food, fuel. Give us the hostages so we can do it. No, 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 says Joe Obama. We have to negotiate with Qatar. Just stop bombing them for four days. Stop shooting back for four days. And we'll get some of the hostages. They're just biding time to try to save their necks because they're afraid the Israelis are going to eradicate them. And with the help of the Obama-Biden administration, that's what is happening. Remember, 
Iran is the number one sponsor of global terror. The Joe Obama administration <coughs> is the number one sponsor of Iran. That is the truth. And it's all over the place. The Iranian foreign minister was meeting with the leader of Hezbollah in Lebanon this week. It goes on and on and on, and the lies you see in the media and social media are unbelievable. The stupidity of the left is unbelievable. But we know what it is. It's a spirit of confusion. The Lord has given them over to it. He's given them over to it. Now, I'm in an area of the world where there's persecution of Christians, where there's poverty, where there is very little formal education among the village Christians, very little, where it's hard to find biblically qualified pastors. That's what we're doing here, trying to teach pastors basic doctrine, basic doctrine. Very little. One of the things you see here in India is, is similar to what you see in Africa. What the Brahmin priest is in Hinduism, it's acceptable for him to be rich, even though the people are impoverished. That gets into the church. They copy the American and South African money preachers, and it becomes acceptable for the pastor to be rich, even though the people are poor. This is unbelievable. They are just practicing Hinduism and calling it Christianity. They are practicing Sangormas and, and witch doctor religion in Africa and calling it Christianity. They're exploiting the Lord's sheep. That is a big problem in the third world. It's a big problem in Africa, and it's a huge, huge problem here in India. And the importation of money preachers from the Western world does not help. It fuels the situation and in large part causes it. This is what we're dealing with. But despite all those problems, the churches here are growing. People are turning their backs in not huge numbers, but significant numbers, significant enough that the Hindus and the Sikhs and the Muslims are noticing it and getting angry that people from those false religions are turning to Jesus. And so they're persecuting the body of Christ. Here, where there's nothing, Nothing. People are getting saved. I watched Indian pastors today praising the Lord. They had nothing. They had nothing. We gave them some rice and chicken. They, they thought it was they thought it was Thanksgiving. There's nothing. I see what God is doing. God is indeed working. But God is also blinding the eyes of the wicked. The United States, Thanksgiving. Going back to Abraham Lincoln, a day established to thank God for his blessings on America, and Biden doesn't mention him. This is what's going on. Well, I can see it. I'm sure many of you can see it. But not least of all, God sees it. I'm so glad that Jesus is coming soon. These events in the Middle East testify to it. This is what is happening. We can talk about events in the Ukraine. We can talk about other events that are transpiring globally. And our speakers tonight will do it. 
Now it's very, very late where I am. I've had a busy day with the pastors and I have a busy day tomorrow dedicating a church. Again, I, I'm fortunate enough to have this internet connection good enough to even speak to you because I'm in an area that is not exactly the high-tech belt of India. The high-tech belt of India is in a place called Bangalore that, that's a couple of thousand miles from here. Um, they have better internet connections there, but where I am, it's up in the Punjab and it's it's not so great. But we found an internet connection and so here I am. Please keep the work of Moriel in India in your prayers. Please keep Pastor Samuel in your prayers. Please keep Mark Jackson, he's here with his wife Maggie, in your prayers. Please keep me in your prayers. I've had major medical problems with my legs since before I left England. You know that. Um, scarcely being able to get around with crutches and a wheelchair, and the pain has not been easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it because Jesus is being glorified here and souls are being saved here. And despite the unbelievable hypocrisy and corruption of the Western world and its moral debauchery, despite the, the unbelievable stupidity of, of, of people saying that they're pro-gay and they're pro-this and pro-women and paying homage to a false religion that persecutes them, that persecutes them, and they're too stupid to know it. They just subscribe blindly to a narrative. How stupid can stupid be? In medical colleges in the United States, they're giving lectures on gender pronouns. On one hand, you're educating people in biomedical science and genetic medicine and showing X and Y chromosomes and how certain drugs affect men a certain way and certain drugs affect women a certain way. And when you look at medical pathology, how certain diseases affect women in certain ways and men in certain ways, you must take chromosomal reality into account when you practice medicine. And at the same time, you have to have a lecture to tell somebody who's XY, that's okay, we'll accept you as being double X. Oh, my Lord. It's just you couldn't imagine educated, intelligent people being so stupid. But this is the depth of stupidity that we've reached. They've lost their mind. They have lost their mind. You had intellectuals in the ancient Greco-Roman world, and as Paul says, professing to be wise, they become fools. Once more, professing to be wise, they have become fools. Please pray. Pray for the church. Pray for the church in the third world. Pray for the church in the developed world. And please pray that the Lord gives us the leaders we don't deserve. As it is, America and Britain have the leaders they do deserve. Godless scum. Evil men. And people stupid enough to vote for them. And it's getting worse. Right now we have the leaders we deserve. In his mercy, may God give us leaders we don't, people who fear him. Thank you so much for listening. My name is James Jacob Prash. I'll put you into the good hands of Steve and of James and of Davey. David Lister and Marco are either still in or just returning from New Zealand. 
I, of course, am in, 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 in India. Um, and obviously our branch in Israel has been very, very busy. So these are the needs, but these are the things, more importantly, that God is doing. We see what the devil's doing, but praise God, I can also see what God is doing. Thank you so very much. Please be blessed in Jesus and keep us in prayer. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. Marco is not here. He is actually visiting some family, but we want to thank you for praying. He has come back to the United States. Praise the Lord. And uh, he's a little tired, a little exhausted, but nonetheless safe and healthy back in the United States. Uh, we do have uh, my friend from Down Under. He's a little bit exhausted. He's been uh, burning the candle at both ends, but nonetheless, smiling and in good cheer, my friend Davey. Hey, it's good to be back with you guys too. We've, we've missed you greatly, but um, yeah, the tour did go excellently. Uh, we were very pleased. It was encouraging to all of us. I think it was encouraging to a lot of people. And um, hopefully this is just the start of more more to come. We need to let the fellowship continue now. Let love of the brethren continue. Praise God. And I'm so glad to hear your good report that uh, things went well in Australia and that many uh, people have been connected together to, to have fellowship with one another, to, to encourage one another in, in times that are coming and and now just the daily encouragement that we yeah. we need as christians yes yeah um also too it's just kind of like we'd love to hear from you we have an email which we hope to get out um as soon as we get the database up to date with everybody's uh name in it but we would love to hear your thoughts um from those who were, were able to attend uh just any testimonies um ways that we can help and uh, we do plan on, uh, we do have some ideas for um, the coming future. We do, we do see a few of the needs that are out there. We see the need for men's ministries, just for uh, discipling and uh, also just for, you know, things like basic hermeneutics. So look, we um, have got some ideas and, uh, but we would love to hear from you and any photos, anything you would like to share, please uh Email them into us at the ccodausnz at gmail.com. And we do hope to put together with Pierre, Rihanna, and others involved an article for the Moriel Quarterly uh, soon. Excellent. Sounds great, Davey. Uh, we also, praise God, we have Steve who volunteered at very short notice. To fill in, uh, thank you so much, Steve. We really appreciate you. Glad to help out uh, and to be available when it's needed. Well, once again, we uh, are very, very glad to have you on board. Uh, we do have a show today. Uh, Jacob is in India as we speak. He did do an introduction. I posted that. You should be able to view that. He is going to break down some of the stories that caught his attention. Uh, similar, similarly, uh, some of the topics we are going to talk about are also on Jacob's list, but keep him in prayer as he travels in, uh, through India, uh, again, doing the same work, trying to get fellowships together, organize some of the ministries inside of India that Morial is helping, 
and also uh, some of the projects Moriel has started in India. So please keep him in prayer. Well, gentlemen, I believe that's everything. Just a reminder that even during this time of holidays, everything we talk about, the uh, Bible studies, this episode, all can be found on podcast. So please, when you have time and you are traveling, maybe traveling back to where you came from, you know, maybe you're in Texas and going home to California <laughs> soon. Uh, if that's the case, maybe you should download some podcasts to listen to. <laughs> well, you can't listen to anything else on the on the plane. Anyway, that's just a suggestion to, to some people who might need it. Uh, let's go ahead and get started catching up. Our first topic. Uh, this is uh, something that Jacob mentioned that we will be mentioning as well. But uh, I wanted to read uh, from Romans to kind of get the idea of what's going on here because everything all the news that we do here we try desperately to look at it through a biblical lens so this this verse came up when i read what had been done um romans 1 18 through 32 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Our first story, Biden officially attempts to remove God from his Thanksgiving 2023 proclamation. Now, Stephen, I don't want you to comment on this, but I'm going to read the proclamation from Biden just so everyone knows that we are on the level, as it were. Here's Biden. I'm not going to try to imitate Biden because that's just disrespectful to me. As families, loved ones, and friends across the country come together to celebrate Thanksgiving, let us be grateful for all the blessings of this nation and its limitless possibilities. Throughout our country, this season of reflection and giving thanks comes in good times and tough ones. Before there was the United States of America, the pilgrims celebrated Thanksgiving in honor of their first successful harvest and the support and generosity of the Wampanoag people who made it possible. Amid fierce battles for our nation's independence, George Washington and his troops celebrated Thanksgiving on the way to Valley Forge. During the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday to honor the blessings of our country, even as he fought to preserve our nation. This week, America will gather with their loved ones and families celebrating the love 
they share in the traditions they built together. To those who are also enduring hard times or grieving the loss of loved ones, know that we're thinking of you. We are truly a nation good because we are good people. The First Lady and I see it everywhere we travel, the country, because we need meet so many incredible people doing the most extraordinary things. We have met service members, veterans, their families, who have selflessly served and sacrificed for our country. We have witnessed the resolve of firefighters, police officers, first responders, who risk their lives every day to protect us. We have seen the best of our character in doctors, nurses, scientists, public servants, union workers, and teachers who ensure everyone is taken care of and no one is left behind. We have seen all the possibilities this nation holds in its mothers, fathers, and caregivers who are hard at work hard to build a world worthy of children, their children's greatest dreams, and in young people across the country who are the most talented, engaged, and educated generation in history. This Thanksgiving, we are grateful for our nation and the incredible soul of America. May we all remember that we are the United States of America. There is nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. Now, therefore, I, Joseph R. Biden Jr., President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, to hereby proclaim Thursday, November 23rd, 2023, a national day of thanksgiving. I encourage the people of the United States to join together and give thanks for the friends, neighbors, family members, and strangers who have supported each other over the past year in the reflection of goodwill and unity. I now witness thereof, I have hereunto set my hand this 22nd day of November in the year of our, now L-O-R-D, but capital L-O-R-D, under un, um, not capitalized, 2023, and of the independence of the United States of America, 248th, Joseph R. Biden, Jr. Steve, I, I I heard nothing about giving thanks to God. I heard about giving thanks for firefighters and teachers and scientists and mothers. But God, from whom all blessings flow, ne'er a word. No, there's no pretense of a recognition that we believe that through God, we've been given all these blessings and all the liberty uh, it's uh, it's it's a repudiation. It's direct. I see it. We all see it. And it's a dangerous thing when a nation congratulate itself for all its talents and skills and all its qualified and good people. Now there sh surely is an element of that, and, and we're thankful for firefighters and police and all the good things that America has given. But as God would say, and He told Israel, you know, He would take those things away. And I think there is a a relevant uh, teaching, uh, you know, that was applicable to those to God's people at that time, and to those who call them God's people this time. So it is tragic, but it's reality. There's no room in the Democrat Party. There's no room on President Bob, uh, Biden's administration 
for God because all the good things we have is because of us, ourselves. And that's tragic. That probably goes before a fall, and I can't think of any other way <clears throat> um, better to indicate that a country is headed for and is in downfall than that kind of attitude, that kind of pride. Pride comes before a fall. Absolutely. David, can you comment a little bit on that? Yeah. Uh, first off, I've just got to mention a comment that someone made on in the chat. Um, they said you should have had an ice cream comb in your hand with your head. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, yeah, the giving thanks, you know, it's kind of like you give thanks to someone. It's, you know, it's always been an expression of giving thanks to God. And it's kind of like he was giving thanks to, well, yeah, what was the object of the thanksgiving? But when you were, as you were reading it there again, Jay, it's just kind of like I kind of thought it'd be nice or kind of funny to do a running commentary to each line translated into what Biden actually meant. I couldn't keep up, but, you know, it was kind of like a few thoughts come to my mind, you know, like giving thanks. Um, he mentioned certain people. I was thinking, yeah, the topless transgenders on the front lawn, for those who left the little crack packages in the White House. When you mentioned grieving the loss of loved ones, I was thinking of, yeah, the missing classified documents. And when he rattled off that list, the nurses, the scientists, the teachers, etc., every single one of them were all the ones who were kind of indoctrinating people into, you know, you must comply, you must obey the man when, mandates. And it says, and no one is left behind, except for those who don't comply with the mandates. It was, I thought we could actually have a lot of fun with that, take it verse by verse and just sort of... Um, because yeah. it really was, it was a mockery. And when you analyze what he's saying, the more you think about what he's actually saying, the worse it actually gets. This man is just kind of devoid of. He, he's devoid of a conscience. He's devoid. He's devoid of so many things. It's uh, it is incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, Davey. Um, service members veterans and fam and and families uh who selflessly served and sacrificed for our country uh who's the number yeah and the number who got forced out of you know serving their country because of all the wokeism and and the mandates and that it's kind right. of it's disgusting and it's of course he's thanking for the people who are are doing that but yeah he doesn't mention like you said the people who weren't down to get vaccinated, they were kicked out of the army, kicked out. They lost career positions in the military. Uh, yes. I, I, we're talking colonels, uh, majors, lieutenants, captains. The cream of our crop. Yep. Some of the best. The best of the best. Yes. Left behind for noncompliance. And yes, the ones who had, uh, let's call it, um, maybe an incentive to push the vax, he praises them. He makes sure to praise them. Yep. But this is this is is this uh is this necessarily like what all politicians are doing nowadays? Are they getting away from talking about God because the populace at large? have lost their faith? I mean, is there a crisis of faith in America to the point where 
he's no longer belongs in a Thanksgiving declaration. Anyone can answer that. It's got to be a reflection on the fact that the church is not being sold in light and that the, the church is just as corrupt. It's so hard to find faithful teachers, preachers, that in the church nowadays, most of the church are, it's full of corruptocrats. So it's no wonder we've got corruptocrats running the countries. Well, yes, when, when you uh, uh, use the word of God, the scripture, or you praise God, the author of all the blessings that we have, um, the press, liberal, liberal academic, academicians, um, you are obviously a right-wing Trump supporter, and they need to put people like us away and uh, re reindoctrinate us with uh, what they believe. And I think most Americans are afraid to speak up. And I, I even sense that in my own extended family. And uh, that's what we are under. And we're afraid walking in a nation that values no more uh, principles where the guilty get free and those who stand up for the law uh, and, and, and for equality of the true equality of the law, they're going to be derided. And, and as we see attacked uh, in our communities and the nation is afraid. And so why should we, why should the uh, uh, chief law enforcement official of the country, you know, the uh, top politician Biden, you know, start uh, pointing to God. It's obviously hypocritical and he wants to give himself praise for all the so-called blessings that we have under his administration and the country's falling apart and most Americans out there, you know this and yet you won't point to the one solution that can rectify a nation that has fallen and is about to completely fall except for God's grace and that is going to the, the father father of all uh, people who call themselves Christians and to Christ with that that judeo-christian philosophy was the um, primary uh, understanding and worldview of those who wrote uh, the most uh, precious document document for self-government and a recognition where all our blessings come from but now biden and under America, don't, don't seem to really care, unfortunately, much of it. And even the church don't want to publicly display Christ as king. Well, we have abandoned that publicly now. And I don't know what a merciful, loving God is going to do uh, to wake us up. He doesn't want to hurt us or hurt America and destroy our freedoms. But our own sins and our own you know, self-aggrandizement is putting us where he may have to do something to wake up this nation. And I fear that's not very far from now. You know, Steve, when I was a young man, uh, we we would sing a hymn that began with, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And in that one line is encapsulated the spirit of thanksgiving. Everything flows from God. And if you don't acknowledge the source how can you be really thankful for everything that comes from the source? Yeah, you have to know the source giver and that it's un it's undeserved by us. It's only because he's a loving, merciful God, extremely patient, 
And if you don't recognize really our unworthiness of all his blessings and give him thanks for just being so very, very patient and kind, then you really cannot give thanks. You're being an ingrate, I think. No, I think you're I think you're you're absolutely right on that account. Uh, moving on to uh, our next topic, unless you have anything else, Davey, we good? Okay. Yep, way good. Our next topic, again, fitting into the same mold of what Romans 1 is trying to tell us, claiming to be wise, they became fools. And yet again, an, another people who are without excuse, because this next uh bunch of people they they acknowledge or in some way they acknowledge the person who is the opponent of god as their lord and yet they refuse to acknowledge that the perhaps there is a a different being although they all kind of they kind of chalk it up to well he's not really a god he's just a mascot but i am talking of course of the satanic temple, uh, they have established a mobile, I believe it's a mobile abortion clinic, and it was covered by Cosmopolitan. We're going to watch a video by Ruslan kind of uncovering this. So let's take a look at that. Cosmopolitan magazine promotes a satanic ritual for terminating unwanted babies. This might be the most satanic thing I've ever seen. With a mission statement that says they empower young women to be who they are and want to be. And their focus is to propel them into their fun and fearless future. That's really their mission. That's... That's really their mission statement. What you're about to see happening and ushered in and celebrated by Cosmopolitan is when Satan's agenda isn't just something that happens behind the scenes and the highways and byways of life. This is when Satanism goes mainstream. Several days on Instagram, Cosmopolitan posted this. How does a satanic termination of baby ceremony even work now we're going to get into the details of this but first let me show you their initial post from over a week ago that's right they have two posts about satanic deletions of babies uh that says a satanic deletion clinic may sound like clickbait but it's really happening in new mexico no, we're not trolling you this is the caption there's a telehealth clinic providing legitimate deletion of baby care ran by members of the satanic temple i find it interesting why members of the satanic temple would have so much vested interest in the deletion of babies hmm. anyway uh and they're designed a devilishly smart legal strategy that might just help them expand into states where deletion of babies is basically banned Learn more about it at the link in bio. They dropped the link in bio. They, they want you to know that this is something that they're going to tell you about, they're going to promote about, they are campaigning for. And by the way, the comments are not with them. Their own community is kind of roasting them for these posts. Human sacrifice at the cost of innocent lives, normalizing and glorifying satanic temple. Wow, new low. Reminds me of how old school witches eating babies lore came from women's health practitioners who were performing secret deletion of babies called witches. 
their comments just ate them up. And by the way, the Cosmopolitan is a massive, massive Instagram page, and this has six thousand likes on a on a f- channel with four million followers. Right? Very, very. They're, they're getting ratioed. And this next post, this is the most current one, is even worse. It's only three thousand. I mean, listen, I get three thousand likes on like a throwaway post on Instagram. I have like a hundred thousand followers. Okay, so this is like their audience isn't with this. But but let's read this here before we get into the particulars. This is a story about what it's like to have a deletion of baby ceremony and by a 37 year old who received this clinic via samuel alito's mom's satanic clinic the experience was just very supportive while she's not a satanist she decided to incorporate a few ceremonial elements into her solo deletion of baby experience why not she thought the overall messaging just clicked with her Read more about it at the link in the Bible. Okay, so I got a Bible verse that, that's going to beautifully summarize all this, but let's just go through this, okay? Viewer discretion is advised, and you may puke after hearing some of this, but let's just check it out, okay? Patients of all faiths. No, no, no. Okay, for just cap. Out the rip. Not all faiths, okay? Uh, patients of no faith or little faith, okay? Or, or, or self-faith or Satanistic faith. Not all faiths. Let's not do that, okay? Of all faiths, welcome at Samuel Alito's mom's satanic baby deletion clinic in New Mexico. Along with medical counsel, TST offers a free ceremonial support to everyone. Deletion of baby ceremonies are totally optional and customizable. Here is a, here's one sample TST. First, find you got the upside down cross, of course. First, find a quiet space. Bring a mirror if you can. Right? So the, out the rip, you're mirroring and making this about you. Right. This is this is this is self glorification. This is self worship. This is idolatry at its finest. You're worshiping yourself. Your 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 right to self actualization. Pretty spot on, right there. Self glorification. I think that is a really good way of putting it. Steve, what kind of uh, kind of expecting mother? goes to the satanic temples abortion clinic all kinds i imagine but certainly those who have no understanding or appreciation of the god of life and that christ jesus gives us life and all the blessings that flow from it obviously many of those who you know in their hearts and conduct hate god and this is one of the premier acts of hating god the creator of life to go to it and support it that kind of people yeah I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, Davey, um, how active is the Satanic Temple in, in, in Australia? Well, <clears throat> it's not as prominently active, but that's not to say it's not here. I know um, it does have a big stronghold in Sydney, and there's probably other places that I'm not aware of. The one that I have been aware of the most has been in Sydney, because that's probably been longer going. But um, you do see things like the dark um, mofo that they have in Hobart in Tasmania, which basically you have the whole city goes along with it. I can't believe the city council actually endorses and promotes this, but where they have upside down crucifixes on all the buildings and uh, they have some of the most abhorrent things there on, on display during that festival. So it is here. It's just not as prominent as, say, in the States, but it's definitely here. The kids are being infiltrated with this stuff through media, TV. Mm-hmm. Um, 
gosh, the latest Disney shows are just the worst things ever. Um, Jay, can I mention something regarding the so-called brilliant legal strategists of those who support the satanic cult? Please, please do. Well, that um, ceremonial um, abortion, um, it probably qualifies for speech. You know, if there's no violence, there's no actual uh, illegal abortion, whatever state outlaws abortion, uh, it's protected as a form of free expression in the First Amendment. And uh, the, the very few categories where speech can be regulated, uh, I don't believe fits this as sick and as terrible as it is. People are, are allowed to express uh, a most disgusting evil uh, as long as someone isn't, you know, harmed in their body, the spirit, you know, the spirit and their soul and emotions. Oh, yeah, that's OK. That's but that is where we are. Uh, and that will be uh, no doubt generate a lot of interest in these states. They can't shut it down, and these young people will flock to it, and it'll be a ceremony. It's not an abortion. It's not a murder of the unborn. It's celebrating their personhood, which is really, if you understand the Constitution, it, uh, the rights that we have are that we would have her be a separate person in a sense where we don't have to do whatever the government tells us to do, you know, and, li and limitation of our freedoms. Now, this is a so-called brilliant st legal strategy. They're just evil people designing evil means to serve the devil and get paid and get enriched. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah, it, it's very sad. Um, you know, our next story uh, is kind of along the same lines. I chose Proverbs 8.36 for this next story. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. And the story headline is Canada. Canada's liberal euthanasia law are seeing an average of 36 citizens being euthanized by the government every day. So it's in the same vein as abortion, except maybe not as large. But 36 people every single day die by maid. Data has shown that 81% of written requests for MAID were granted. According to the survey, MAID recipients, the primary source is their intolerable suffering, loss of ability to gauge in meaningful life activities, and uh, the loss of ability to perform activities of daily living. Now, I have this chart that I want to run through real quick and we can comment about it. The loss of ability, uh, loss to engage in meaningful life activities, 86% are granted. The loss of ability to perform daily life activities, 81% are granted. Inadequate pain control, 59% of deaths requested are granted. A loss of dignity, 53.1% are granted. Uh, inadequate control of symptoms, 47%. Perceived burden on family, friends, or caregivers, 35%. Loss of control of bodily function, 30%. Isolation and loneliness, 17%. Loss of control, 4%. Emotional distress, 3%. Poor loss of quality of life, 1.8% and other 
0.7%. Gentlemen, um, are, now obviously the churches are failing because the churches should be the ones that are reaching out to these people in the first place. These are, these are prime people that Christ would send other people to preach the gospel to. These are the, the, the hopeless people that are in bondage. Amen. And yet the, 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 the church in Canada must be so dead and so utterly heretical that it, that it agrees that rather than trying to give them the hope that it, we can find in Jesus Christ, we should just kill them. I mean, am I off track with, in saying that? Absolutely not. Um, you know, again, I go back. God is a God of life. He gave it. He created it, created humanity. He is a life giver, an eternal life giver to the, and a good life to those who would turn to them. So Satan impacts and affects the church. They don't seem to care what is going on. These are this story here is not politics. It's mm -hmm. it's. It's anti-God, anti-morality, anti-Bible. And those churches who say, well, we don't get into politics. You are useless. You're less than you're less than useless. You're absolutely evil. You bend over not to condemn the evil practices. God considers that a type of definite type of evil. He will hold you responsible. If you don't speak up and speak out, the government finding you know, people who are vulnerable and giving them permission, giving the sanction of the of the state. Hey, give us your people who don't want to live. Come to us and we'll end your life. You know, it's just the opposite of scripture, opposite of what Jesus said. Come unto me, you who are burdened, heavy laden. Therein is the solution, not government-assisted suicide. Yeah. It's, put, it's putting quality on death and destruction rather than the joys and beauties that God designed to put into your life. And it's actually the government that's exacerbated all these um, situations where people are wanting to end their life. It's kind of like, I, I'm not going to remember the whole list you read off, Jay, but I, I tried to jot down a couple, you know, the loss of meaningful activity and all the rest of it. Okay, yeah, so who was it that locked everybody down, took away people's jobs, took away... If you didn't comply, if you, you know, protested yeah. against yeah. something that wasn't um, government sanctioned, you know. That's right. Uh, the government has created all this, the isolation and loneliness in children. Okay, let's, uh, you, you know, let's send your children to school for years on end. And now they don't have meaningful relationships. You can end your life because you're just lonely and depressed, I think. Everybody goes through those times of loneliness and depression. The good thing is we don't have to go through those things alone. We can go with the Lord. You know, he's there even in our darkest hours. And this is where we know the established church by and large is failing people. But this is where us individual Christians, we need to be the salt and light. Awesome. We cannot reach Everyone, say on a massive scale like uh, the established church could, and this is where they're going to be held to account. I really fear for those people um, on Judgment Day because they're going to have to give a, a big account. They've been in a position where they could reach more people. They would have had exemptions to contact the lonely, to contact those who were isolated, but they didn't. Oh. 
uh, that most of them just shut down and stop functioning. Um, but we can do what we can one-on-one -on -one with people. We can, we just need to be faithful with what we can and try and reach some, share Christ, yeah. uh, the love of Christ with as many as we can. Let, let these kids know there is hope. Um, you don't have to go through things alone. There always is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we all have these dark periods, but, you know, he's faithful and he'll bring us through them. Amen. Amen. You know, Davey, I think about what if Jesus Christ had the same mentality as most modern day Christianity does? Okay. What if Jesus stayed in Nazareth, built himself a giant church and said, come, all you are welcome. And then just stayed in that church the entire time and did nothing else, but welcome everybody that walked through the door. Would, would the message that he had for the world, wouldn't have got, would it got, have gotten out to as many people? No. no. He, he walked by foot to bring the message to every to individuals, not just crowds, yeah. but to individual people. And I think that's something that a lot of churches are missing out on yes. nowadays. And he, and he went to the lost. He went to the hurting, to the dejected, to those who were rejected by the outcasts. Um, he, he went to those people, the downtrodden, um, those that you know society shunned and uh yeah most of these woke churches they just want the <laughs> they're no different they're worse than the world they are worse than the world because they do it in the name of christ and it, it's just uh, such as it must be such a stench in the nostrils of god you know christ condemned the rich <clears throat> not because they were rich because they had a self-satisfied heart and attitude woe unto you rich he said and, you know, the churches that were self-sufficient and had need of nothing, you know, that uh, attitude Christ condemned and said he would spew them out of the mouth. I think many of you, many of you sitting in churches, you are either spewed out of Christ's mouth or you're about to. That kind of attitude is totally diametrically opposed to the Christ that we see from the Bible, who not only visited the communities, he also instructed his disciples to go through all the world and teach them everything that Jesus taught. The churches violate that in every single way. They don't teach him what Jesus taught. They don't teach, taught, teach him the self-sacrifice. That is for Christ. We're to pick up our cross and follow Christ. That was his heart and attitude. So, I, you know, the whole church, I mean, we really need to get down, all of us, and I can confess myself, you walk in this world, you listen to what you hear, and uh, you can become self-focused, self-centered, and we got to always fight that and confess that. Or the church, will, uh, any one of us is capable of going and apostatizing with that kind of heart. I have need of nothing. No, I have need of everything that comes from Christ. His heart. I need the Holy Spirit. I need forgiveness. I need the Word of God. I need my brothers praying for me. Amen. Uh, uh, faith, uh, faith of desperation in, in the sense that you need Him more than I. you need your next breath. That's what we need in the church. You know, my my eyes have been really open visiting my sister here in uh, Houston. As we've driven around, I have seen more churches than I can possibly count. And, and the sad statement that I can bring you is this. The buildings are huge. Everything in Texas, they do it bigger. <laughs> they do it bigger and better. <laughs> But these are gigantic, gorgeous-looking churches with 
probably enough seating for two, three thousand people in each of the churches. And I've seen at least six or seven of them so far. But this is the thing. If I were looking at that building and I was maybe, say, not doing well economically, I wouldn't feel worthy to go into that beautiful building with its giant arches. What, what, what God, why would a God that has the power to build this beautiful building want to listen to me? And I, 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 I stumble with that because I wonder how many people are, are turned, turned away, yeah. turned off or turned away because they don't fill the demographic that church is looking for. Certain income, certain class. Yeah. And that's diametrically opposed to the message of the cross. It, it is. Come one and come all. He, he, he fed the poor. You know, he, he reconciled. He, he ministered to the poor. They were his audience. They yeah. were ready to hear. The truth is, we're all poor in spirit. And it's, this, it's the absolute basis of Christ's message to the, the people at that time and today. The Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If, even if you're rich, you should be poor in spirit. Hmm. And, but, and we go to a God of richness. And it's all in his grace. And we're made rich because of our rich kind father and, and savior there's where true riches are you know having that relationship with him and with brethren of the of that kind of faith and that's true riches amen i think we uh can leave canada and its problems but uh again let's let's actually talk more about those that hate me love death um we talked a few episodes ago about the nashville shooter now we're gonna have a catch-up on the louisville manifesto which was revealed on april 10th 2023 connor sturgeon 25 gunned down several people in the old national bank five were killed the shooter wrote in his notebook that he targeted upper class white people and wanted the attack to spur on gun control as this tweet says this was far left terrorism i don't understand how a, a young white man 25 years old cannot see that there's there's a there's a sense of irony in saying that he's going to go kill upper white upper class white people of whom i i dare to say his parents identify as yep so why would why didn't he just save time and go kill his parents rather than kill innocent people in a bank? There's yeah. no justifying the insane mind that's you know that's struck in our nation by the wrath of God because we have hated him and do all manner of evil and and, and disrespected him who gave his only begotten son on the cross. And we dis we disrespect him. We disrespect him in an act of tremendous love. It's a wonder he doesn't wipe out many of us. It's just his unexplainable grace and patience. I, I would think that a, a person like this that we need would need to look at who he associated with, who who educated him, 
who is he talking to? Are they radicalized like him? Mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be a a much deeper uh, look at who this kid was talking to to be able to spout this racism. And it it is vile racism that he was spouting. Yes. Just because it's racism against himself doesn't make it less. That's right. But this is what's being pushed, though, in the colleges and the universities and the education system now. They're being taught to basically hate on self. It's kind of like, especially if you're, um, you know... White uh, middle class. uh, Yeah, white rich middle class, that kind of thing. Um, You know, it's, it's all the colonizers fault it's all your fault because you're you're white so they taught this self-hating thing um it, it was it's political politically motivated you know the um <laughs> okay yeah so i can push the gun control laws you know which are getting pumped at kids through the democratic party through the media through the colleges and all the rest of it yeah i'm gonna go shoot up a whole heap of people you know to get the media right. attention a lot of this, I do lay. Look, I do lay a lot of the blame at the education system in particular. The media has got to be held to account too. Plus, the government has to be held to account. I know it does stop with the person. People have personal responsibility. Each person is responsible for their own actions. Right. But this guy has been indoctrinated through the education system, and he's not alone. Um, th- this won't be the last case of this of uh, far-left terrorism, as I think you called it before, Jay. Oh, I think there's going to be a definite breakout. I hope I'm, again, so many things I've said before, things, you know, well, I hope I'm wrong, but I think this is coming. You know, yeah, give it time, it will come. Um, you know, the evil intent of men and what the devil is leading people in the churches aren't stepping in. And uh, the universities continue to teach uh, philosophies, thinkings that tend to incite and violence in the heart and it's only a matter of time to to that violence that's in the hearts uh you know it's carried out on people and uh you know just like pornography and watching all violence 24 7 it you know it tends to take over your mind and soul and you you act upon it, you know it cause and effect i mean i i don't know how unaware or self-aware the university's faculty are but you have to wonder when when you read in God's word, confessing to be wise, they have become fools. Do they realize how much they resemble that remark in the Bible? No, especially the Bible- when they're t- teaching about gender, of course. Uh, yeah, blame it all on the men, especially white men. Yeah, that white men. Mean- and that doesn't mean that we're off the hook. We we did a lot of things in this country that shouldn't have been done, and I fully, you know, recognize that. But look, whoever's in power, you get people of a certain philosophy or so-called race, and put them in power, and you let them do what they want to do. They're gonna they're gonna run. It's the nature of the human heart. We can't we can blame institutions that have their parts in it. They should know better. They're the ones held up to teach values that promote. Uh, health and, and success in society, but they do not. They, they What they're teaching promotes hatred and the tearing down of the structures that built this nation. And so they are held at a much higher stand, as are the pastors who are educated uh, 
course, supposedly, according to the Bible, which they know little of, and that's why they're not standing up, or they're just cowards. And the young people, they even those who are raised in the church, they have no interest in that. They don't see it really changing the hearts of people. They don't really believe it. And so you go to any other extreme, or someone will tell you, here's the reason for existing. You're to protest, you know, white people or people who believe in the Second Amendment, that they have a right to bear arms. Uh, or you believe that abortion is murder. You know, they are, we are the devil, you know, to them. And so we deserve uh, to be put out of, uh, of, our, of, our, of our, our existence. There's where it's at. Yep. Yeah. I'm thinking too, just being Thanksgiving and just makes me, made me think of, you know, where it says, you know, the people will become ungrateful, unthankful. And that's yep. what we're seeing, you know, instead of being thankful for the blessings of living in, you know, gosh, we have it so good by and large in the Western countries, you know, in Australia, in the US, yeah. you know, particularly in the US, you know, right. Um, you, you've had such blessings, you know, people haven't really known hardship and all the rest of it, but instead of being thankful for what they've been blessed with, they become grumblers and, you know, fault finders, unthankful, unholy. Right, right. And that doesn't mean we say to our youth, oh, we're a perfect society. No, look at where uh, the evil actually is generated, you know. Uh, it has a lot to, where do wars and, and you know, uh, generate, you know, and, and James says, among your, among your hearts that, you know, seek to have and, and you know, can't, and then you go to war. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, the love of money is a root of all evil. Look, uh, nothing wrong with wealth and, and money by itself. But if that's our aim, then we're going to fight over it and we're going to kill. And that's at the root of a, our nation's ills. It's not that someone's race, not their cultural background. God made variety, and and and, and culture can, it's very often a, a good thing until it degenerates into these crimes that we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, going to go ahead and uh, move on to our next section. Uh, just a reminder, uh, Steve and I will be taking questions uh, during backstage. We have one story for backstage. Uh, we will be going there, you know, shortly, maybe another 20 minutes. Uh, we have 20 more minutes of front stage. But uh, moving on to our next topic um, has a, a verse that I have highlighted for it as well. If I could just get my mouse to work. Revelation 6, 7, and 8. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the four living creatures say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill them with sword and famine and pestilence and by wild beasts and earth. Now, while we don't think that that seal is open, some of the things that are happening today look like they are in the character of this seal being opened for sure. Fortense. Huh? Yeah, maybe a foretaste, exactly. So to begin with, let's start with the return of COVID. Uh, never left, or is it a new virus that has emerged? Recent numbers... Recently, in numerous cities across China, have seen 
the children's hospitals overcrowded with widespread circulation of news about a mass infection among medical staff. There has been a surge in cases of children suffering from fever, common cold, respiratory infections, and even so-called white lung reported deaths. Let's uh, watch a video to see ex what the extent these hospitals are at capacity. that is definitely makes me never want to be sick in china <laughs> so steve uh here we are we're we're back to the days where it looks like the election is coming up and what do we have it's something like covid appearing everywhere yeah you notice a cycle on some of these things it's like we make bad decisions we we, we do a lot of things we should not do and uh the destruction comes upon us and a few years later we're doing the same thing you know insanity is uh einstein called it doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result yeah i i do believe when you, you know god lets us make mistakes until maybe you actually we actually learn from them yeah this looks like uh you have a lot of conditions in china i won't go into them that take a whole program by itself but yes uh there there could very well be another disease that could originate in China, um, you know, repeat of um, COVID and come to this nation again. And, uh, you know, I could see, in fact, this may get me in trouble, but I could see, in fact, in lockdowns, I even think it's possible under the conditions that we are going through with the economy and perhaps the faltering of the economy, perhaps a deep recession. Uh, tax and infrastructure we see it those who are looking and uh you know we see that there could definitely be a rejection of the of all the uh, uh freedoms that we are supposed to have under the constitution we really don't have them anymore in many ways and then we have you know lockdowns across the country we have uh martial law uh we suspend the the election for a period and we're going to have it in two weeks you know uh, the you know we got to stretch the curve you know this type of thing and two months later two years later we're still under once you let go of the first principles of democracy which our nation did 
years ago when we refused to go, you know, to go along with the lockdowns in the churches. It was the churches that were first responsible. I talked to pastors, they didn't hear me, didn't understand. You start uh, not standing up for your rights, eventually what you get is despotic government. It's just the way that it is. Democracy is not a normal condition of humanity because of the despotism that's in the heart. That's what I see, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. Again, I hope I'm wrong on all these things. Well, I think I think that's a very good way of looking at it. In fact, you know, just just as ominous as all of this is with uh, what you're talking about, uh, Marco sent me this note that this uh, sickness appeared in the news 15 minutes after Xi Jinping decided to walk his dog in San Francisco. Almost perfectly timed that. Such a caring leader that we caring leaders that we have nowadays, right? No. Uh, well, you know, Xi Jinping, as he looks at his uh, new expansion into the West, uh, looking at his new brand new city of San Francisco that was cleaned up <laughs> for him for the first time. Um, we have another another aspect of the the fourth seal, in the fact that fifteen minutes. After Israel granted Hamas a ceasefire, Hamas decided to, to fire rockets at Israel. Now, excuse me if I'm incorrect. When you when when you say a ceasefire, you usually <laughs> stop firing weapons at each other, correct? Yeah, that's what I heard. I couldn't <laughs> I was going to say, not if you're Hamas. I reckon 15 minutes was actually pretty good for them. I, I'm surprised they wait that, waited that long. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, and, I could see that. Of course, the liberal press is going to say, well, again, they, they've, they've been subjected so long to, to such evil by the Zionist state that, you know, they couldn't help themselves. Um, and this is, of course, they're the same people that we, we want to have a... Uh, two-state solution and uh you can see how that's going to work yeah two states one state will shoot at the other state yeah. uh, that that's and one one state will kidnap the citizens of the other state yeah and, and the international community will, will will whine about how you know israel fights back to get, Over, get its overreacted, people overreacted, yeah yeah <clears throat> it's not all doom and gloom there are some bright spots that we need to highlight for everybody. Um, first of all, and what I would say, many of us wrote off as um, a continent that is given over to socialism and despair. We have a bright, shining point of light, perhaps, in Javier Milai, who has just won the election for president, Argentina. Bueno, lo primero que tenemos que entender es que el Estado no es la solución. El Estado es el problema. Ustedes, si se fijan acá, quieren la gran raviolada que es el Estado, el gran curro y la fuente de la decadencia argentina, que es el Estado. Esta es la foto del Estado que tenemos hoy. Si nos movemos hacia aquella pizarra, aquella... Ministerio de Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, 
afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera. Aunque te resistas. Vamos a seguir por acá. Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación. Nada bueno salió del sector público. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Educación. Adoctrinamiento. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Transporte. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Salud. ¡Afuera! Ministerio de Desarrollo Social. ¡Afuera! ¿Cómo queda el Estado? Ministerio de Capital Humano. Ministerio de Infraestructura, Ministerio de Economía, Ministerio de Justicia, Ministerio de Seguridad, Ministerio de Defensa, Ministerio de Relaciones Exteriores y Ministerio del Interior. Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! ¡Afuera! I can't help but have a smile on my face when I think, see a bunch of government agencies being thrown off the board by their newly elected president. Those, those bureaucrats got to eat too, you know. Mm, well, <laughs> they, they can, as, as my grandmother would say, they can eat crow. <laughs> so, I mean, we have, an, we have a new Argentina uh, arising. Uh, it used to, used to be uh, known as the, uh, the diamond of, of South America. I, I couldn't help but feel chills because he he was echoing Ro Ronald Reagan. Government is is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. So this is this is an interesting turn of events. This man is also very boisterous, very outspoken. Uh, likes to carry a chainsaw. I hear everywhere he goes and flourish it around like Leatherface. I mean, he's not all good. For you know Christian values, he does believe in the legalization of drugs, the legalization of uh, prostitution. So there are some issues, but anyone that wants to cut government spending and cut the deep state, I mean, that's a can't good be, start. Can't be all bad. Uh, Steve, you mentioned uh, he must be you know uh, you know ordained and and. Uh, Blessed by the uh, WEF, right? With, of with... course, they love people that <clears throat> that like to have people have rights and aren't controlled by government. Now, that's exactly the way they think. Nah, they probably get, people like him probably give the uh, you know the deep state or the, the globalists, the w, uh, World Economic Forum, the, ca the capitalists who run the nations and are in bed with the World Economic Forum. They they. They probably uh, have a little unease when they go to bed at night. What what we're gonna cover and what you just covered, hmm. Davey? Any thoughts about uh, the new Latin, the new South America Argentinian state? Well, <clears throat> it's good in some ways that they, you know, getting a bit of a reprieve. I think my big concern is that we never put, you know that we never make man the focus of our hope and that kind of thing. Our only hope is in Christ because we do know the man of sin is going to come along and he's going to be able to persuade people into, um, get him to persuade people to follow him. And uh, he's going to be pretty slick. He's going to be, I don't think he's going to be like all the woke ones that we've had, you know, like the Bidens and all the rest of it, where you, the corruption is just evident. Uh, 
uh, you know, Obama, uh, Macron, even though Macron and that, you know, it's funny, they have grand delusions of himself, like Macron used to think he was like the god Jupiter and that kind of thing. But I think the man that's going to come, that's going to deceive everyone, is going to be um, very slick. He's going to offer people the solution to their problems. And this is a problem people think of, okay, how they're going to get their needs met. And they're going to look to a man to have their needs met instead of looking to the Lord. Um, even through bad government, the Lord can meet our needs in it. And so I know a few places are getting a bit of a reprieve. I had a message from one of the guys we met, Malcolm in uh, New Zealand, messaged me this morning too. They're getting a little bit of a reprieve. Um, the Their new uh, government a coalition starting to form. They're getting a little bit of a reprieve. They're starting to reverse back on some of the woke ideologies that have been embraced. So it's encouraging and we do need to make the most of these reprieves that we have, but the danger of looking to a person, you know, whether it be a Trump or whether it be a, um, dangerous. You know, yeah, that becomes a dangerous thing. So we have to be very careful. We do be thankful. We'd be thankful that we're getting reprieves. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for Argentina. Um, but I do, do say we still need to be careful when it comes to world Take leaders. Take the faith in men. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, to kind of continue on what we're talking about, uh, now, while we don't put all our faith in men, it is a good reprieve, even in very liberal Netherlands, as 94% of voters have been counted, and the PVV is now looking no longer at 35 seats, but 37 seats. This is unprecedented. One in four Dutch people voted for a so-called right-wing landslide victory for Gert Wilders. Gert Wilders will now be the prime minister of the Netherlands during a time when the government is seizing farms, when when they're taxing the farmers out of business and confiscating their lands. You have someone like Gert Wilders. I wish our friend Gert could be here to comment on this. Unfortunately, I can just going to have to go to the panel that's here. Steve, I mean, considering all the news that have come, come out of ne the Netherlands recently with how they were embracing uh the wef's doctrine yes is this is this enough to maybe change the course slightly for the netherlands well uh it, you know it, it remains to be seen uh but it's you know that's a good sign i agree with you i think people are starting to understand that if you go woke if you go with policies from the world economic forum or the extreme environmentalists you 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 lose out on energy uh you have liberal uh, or let, you let your borders down and people come in and create violence you i think it's dawning on probably much of the uh, of the people in netherlands that uh you stop the production of successful farms for centuries that have produced abundance of food and made your country wealthy by shipping food to places who don't follow the, the and let let the uh, farming industry 
generations run my families uh, be very very productive and how that pre creates abundance there's no there won't be an extreme inflation on food prices they're starting to dawn on you know I, probably the general populace there it's you know that that these extreme globalist uh, people uh, you know at run at, at the EU, EU economic union EEC having those policies and, and micromanaging countries you know it is it, they see the handwriting on the wall their country is going down and it's going down fast so so there will be a lurch to 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 nationalism you know to independence for their country and i think that is a good thing you and i we believe god made countries and he put he selected borders from them he doesn't like people running over borders and attacking other countries that which we see and of course the us has done some of that or much of that he doesn't like necessarily want um you know, borders not to be protected. You have to protect your own people. God gave you those responsibilities to leaders in the country. And you need to have immigration policies, you know, that that are meaningful, that people are checked out. Th those are the, the common sense principles that governed, you know, the Western world for, for decades, for decades, uh, Jay. And was successful for, for a large part. Davey, any thoughts on the uh, the um, presidency of uh, Gert Wilders and uh, what this could mean for the Netherlands? Well, uh, I think this will be such a blessing to them, you know, to stem the tide back against the attack against the farmers. Gert has always been very outspoken about um, Islamic immigration for, for years. I've always kind of admired Gert Wilders myself. Um, I think this is great. I think it'll give people a bit of a chance to breathe and that kind of thing. But again, uh, don't waste that time. We don't know how long, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of opposition. It's not going to be an easy road for him. Um, again, while, we have, while you, we're given a reprieve, we make the most of the time the Lord gives us. Amen, amen. Uh, wanted to move on to the next subject. Uh, the next subject uh, ties into the verse in Proverbs 11, verse 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, Eric Adams has recently come out against uh, Joe Biden's border policy. And right in time for uh, his... Uh, sudden criticism, the FBI has opened up a bribery investigation against him. Yeah. They have seized phones and iPads. And now, liberal activists have come forward accusing him of a sexual assault from three decades ago. Does this seem like a little bit of deja vu? I mean, this is like uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, when he was being uh, brought to the forward as a candidate for the Supreme Court, suddenly uh, there's a there's a allegation se sexual assault allegation from thirty years, forty years ago. Um, I I'm sorry, but this seems to me to have someone is pressing on the uh, scales of justice, putting their finger on one side. Just uh, just to make sure that they know that we have dirt on them. And in fact, wasn't it, Steve, if I, if I recall correctly, wasn't it J. Edgar Hoover who started the FBI sort of 
as an organization to make sure that they had dirt on everyone so that they oh, could yeah. see edgar was definitely and you no know, i i think someone who was a absolute spy on on anyone who would dare go against any of the policies of the fbi anyone that would go against his friends in congress how he he put in many ways j edgar ran the country because he did have dirt on everyone he knew about the affairs of marilyn monroe by kennedy's um he had dirt on everyone and yes that's what you do you use dirt on on your political enemies or not maybe not be your enemies but you want to keep them your friends you want them to to be in tow with how the leaders of your party see their best way to keep power. If you go against that, they'll go after you. Your so-called friends will call you enemies and they'll seek to take you down. Nothing's changed in politics. It's just, you know, new things come and go and it repeats itself. Or am I wrong? Or am I over negative here? No, I think that this is, uh, the FBI uh, is doing, uh doing the dirty work of their boss, Joe Biden. Uh, that's how I view it. And the Democrats. And right. Yeah, the, the Democrats who are really, they are the people that control the FBI. They, control, they control the levers of government to a large yeah. degree. Now they control the SCC and uh, Biden and with the Democratic support and the three uh, appointees at the SCC basically allow the government, the, the Biden administration to effectively control the internet. Now they use a certain phrase like, oh, equity, we're gonna do it equity. If people aren't doing equity, well, we'll start penalizing these corporations and make them bow to our policies. That's what's going on. And that, you know, is is eventually in it's in line with the um, with the U UNN, uh, United Nations and their policies. Um, you gotta have woke policies, you gotta do what they want but to, and for their friends, and then they will not go after you if you go against some of the things that they're promoting uh called freedom of freedom of uh, freedom of speech uh they'll shut you down i mean it's just nothing's changed uh, mm. since since hoover yeah. you know we've had some good times a little but it goes back and forth and eventually um they will go after and they are now the whole world is, is going being gone after by the uh certain Entities like, uh, you know, who the World Health Organization and United United Nations and the European Union, they are driving policies, and certainly the globalists are at the top, are putting their people in power. So the handwriting's on the wall. Uh, unless there's in this country, and I think unless there's a a recognition that we're losing all our rights, and and the, the things that are coming upon us are because of people like the Biden administration's policies that aren't working. They won't do anything. Oh, again, I hope I'm wrong. Davey, is uh, is Steve wrong? I mean, is, is Australia's legal system, of course, is um fair, unbiased. Uh -huh. I mean, it's just a, it's just the picture of a virtuous, almost Arthurian justice system, right? Oh, <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, look, I would agree with Steve. Uh, I, I do agree with Steve. It's kind of, gosh, our legal system, gosh, I just imagine like a pack of vultures ready to pounce on one another and devour one another. Uh, and they do, they do, they just turn on one another just like that. It's, it, they're absolutely shocking. They have no morals, no scruples, no values, no standards, no nothing whatsoever. 
Yeah, unbelievable. It's a shame that justice has uh, become like this because it used to be you, you got into the law because you were fighting for the rights of the little guy, that you were there to, to, to be an advocate for those whose voice was ne not necessarily being represented. And now it's the exact opposite, drowned out the voices. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they're fighting for the rights of the little guy. They're fighting for the rights, yeah, to take him away from the little guy. Little guy. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is uh, that is the truth uh, that I see, um, Steve, as well. Um, moving on, again, I think we're going to be talking now, uh, again, uh, the false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Again, now talking about your wacko state that you live in, Steve. Yeah. I mean, it's just bonkers out there in California. California. Uh, we have another video for it. here mass activists threw smoke grenades at a jewish man's house poured fake blood and face placed fake baby body bags on his driveway and lawn the activists are from the people people's city council activism group and tweeted that they were giving the jewish organization's president a holiday wake-up call uh, so steve 
again, California, usually a very safe place, tolerant place for Jews to work and live in. Very, very historically very good. Yes. But things have changed. I'm seeing a huge difference in, in the demeanor from, from the uh, attack we saw a few weeks ago at the Tolerance Museum near Fox Studios. I mean, this is, the the narrative has turned. Yes. And yeah. law enforcement is doing nothing. Not that I know of. Um, uh, it, it seems, you know, uh, Jewish people that I've been hearing and listening to, you know, they are very concerned at these incidents and uh, are definitely afraid uh, of violence, in which we've seen violent incidents uh, or threats of violence incidents, uh, which we did see right in the middle of the day. Uh, there was a, what, a few weeks ago, a man hit in the back of the head with a megaphone and died. He was counter protesting, a, Jew a Jewish man pro uh, counter protesting. He's dead. He was killed by a man who's a professor at some university. So this is not just these young people going, uh, you know, crazy, going around doing evil and threatening things such as that with those statements that, that mimic what was said by the SS in World War, World War II. Um, they are students of uh, the friends or the students of universities that are taught these uh, anti-Zionists, which leads to anti-Semitism among the young people, which is really indistinguishable in many ways. And so it's the hate Israel. Uh, the people of God who God will then you know deal with someday um and and bless them and yes it's 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 in various communities of California and it's 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 directed at white people it, it is directed at Jewish people and and uh it's it's becoming more and more intolerant what I see Davey, any comment you want to make on on this uh, protest in front of, on not only on, on it's on a holiday. You think that these people went home afterwards and had turkey and gravy with their with their parents and said, "Mom, Dad, guess what I did." Uh, look, I think a lot of these people are get, getting to the point where some of them are almost demonically driven. Um, it's the fervent hatred for Israel, for, for Jews and for Christians is growing exponentially. Uh, again, look, it's the college system, the education system has been pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel for ages. They've been indoctrinating children. Schools here, schools here, they were given a day off this week so they could go, children could go join pro-Palestinian marches. I, I know Ron and Rihanna, when we were in um, Melbourne, um, when Marco was out here, uh, they encountered a six-year-old six little girl waving a Palestinian flag um, near a march uh, not far from where we were. Um, the hatred, it's just like, um, it's becoming like Nazi Germany all over again. Uh, the attacks are getting bad, really bad. We're, we've got people going around in cars attacking Jews here in Melbourne saying, kill the Jews, kill the Jews. It's kind of like in the police do nothing. At the Palestinian protests, you have one guy waving an Israeli flag. It's always the Israeli, the guy waving the Israeli flag that gets arrested. The Palestinian pro-Hamas protesters can just run riot, um, trash the streets, 
um, trash property, they get away with it. It, it, it is incre getting increasingly bad, but it shows you uh, where we're at. And that hatred that has been pumped into kids, into people, it's been instilled in them. The indoctrination in the school system here is no different than the indoctrination that's going on in the um, schools over in Gaza and uh, elsewhere. It may not be as violent, but it's that same hatred, anti-Semitic hatred that's at the root of it all. And, and ultimately, it's a hatred of God. Absolutely. And I think uh, just to tie it into the Proverbs 11, nowhere else do you see the false balance is in the pro proportionality of reaction to Israelis defending their countrymen and yeah. Palestinians using their countrymen as shields for their violence talking about Hamas, mm -hmm. the improportionality of the reaction of the international world shows the false scale, the false dichotomy that we give to the religion of peace, aka Islam, and how we give no quarter to Israelis defending their small country. Yeah. It's a false balance for sure. Sure. And an abomination to the Lord. Moving on, uh, we've got two more topics before we go to backstage. Once again, just want to encourage you guys to send in your questions. I don't know if we have all the quota that we put. We put forth four questions, and we got them. Oh, uh, we, we got four questions, Steve. We're in trouble. Uh, all right. <laughs> this next one, the Irish are demanding an end to the government's mass immigration policies and an increase of deportations. Trains, buses, and police cars and immigration centers have been set fire in Dublin. And, of course, we have a video. And uh, to continue along, uh, we have this next video. Before I play it, I'm just going to pause it right here, and I'm going to say, it's quite funny what's happening in Ireland. This is the tweet. On one hand, it is by far the most anti-Semitic, pro-Hamas country in Europe. On the other hand, they're burning cars and calling for the deportation of the same jihadists they love so much. <laughs> Ireland, Ireland has had enough of immigration. I would, I wonder if the Europe, any other European countries feel the same way as Ireland. Steve, what do you think? Ireland, uh, traditional spot of the IRA, uh, identifies with uh, a lot of the Palestinians yeah. going back that far to yeah. uh, the IRA and the bombings. Let's talk well, a little bit about that. Well. If, if you look back in history, I think Jacob touched on this uh, a week or two ago. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Ireland has had a history of anti-Semitism going back. And unfortunately, started by 
some well-known church leader. Uh, I forget his name, but so there's been a history and it's been not been good. And I think this pro-Hamas, uh, it's more like the not in my backyard. Yeah, you know, uh, well, we're, we're pro-Palestinian, but you know what? We don't want them here. So they're not pro-Palestinian. I don't think they ever were. I think that that historically that anti-Jewish, uh, anti-Semitic attitude has reared its head, you know, as it has in many places in, in Europe and including Ireland. And I think it's just something that's entrenched in some people. And again, it's more anti-Israel stirred up by, you know, a lot of other peoples, other nations. And it's just, we love them. We, we're like the nations in the Middle East. Yeah, we're pro-Palestinian, but don't let them come in my backyard. They don't care for them. They don't care for the Palestinians. They hate them. Davey, um, yeah. this, this is where I wish uh, Marco was here. Um, something you shared at a, a few of the conferences or meetings he, here in um, Australia and New Zealand, um, you know, the word for curse, I think is, I hope I get this right. <laughs> uh, the, the word for curse uh, is Allah in, actually means Allah. So everywhere, you know, Islamic immigration, it's been, it's always been a curse on the land. It's always brought with it a curse. And when we see that happening big scale now, uh, in Ireland, yeah, look, the people are fed up. But the thing is, this comes down to human nature too. It's kind of like people get fed up and they start taking action once it affects them. Again, very self-centered, very self-focused. It's kind of like, it doesn't matter if it's happening to other people or anything like that. But once it affects me, then people get stirred up and all the rest of it. But this has been a deliberate destabilizing on our countries. It's been deliberate and it's been designed. And now we're seeing it. We're just seeing utter chaos. We've seen it in France. We're seeing it now. We're seeing it in Ireland. We've seen it elsewhere. And this is just going to keep spreading unless the immigration is stopped. Uh, we're about to get about 800 and something Hamas, uh, <laughs> what do you call it, immigrants into our country very soon too. It's kind of like no vetting, no nothing like that. Poor David Lister couldn't get into our country for the meetings because of a, 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 a stupid app, you know, pressing a wrong button on a, stu a stupid app. These people are going to get in unvetted, you know, just... It, it's asking for trouble. It really is asking for trouble. That's fascinating. Uh, I, we will definitely have to ask Marco on a later broadcast about that. And yes, wherever Islam is, it has a problem with the indigenous people and has to put them under Sharia law. There, in fact, it was once said by a church leader, there are um, conflicts in so, almost all all the countries that Islam is in, he's a, Islam is in conflict with the people in that country because they feel that they should be in charge. Um, that, that concludes our, our show for front stage of Catching Up with Jacob. Thank you, YouTube, for watching. We will be going to backstage now for the questions and for uh, the last story we have today. Uh, so thank you for watching. Uh, hopefully, Jacob and Marco will be back next week. 
and uh, we'll catch you later. Welcome to Backstage, the part of the show that is participation, as we will be taking questions from uh, those of you that are watching. Davey, you have the questions? Uh, Take yep. them away, sir. Okay, no worries. Question number one. Have any of you read Dostoevsky's The Grand Inquisitor and how it relates not only to the state of the church, but the matter of the individual believer's heart? Take it away, Steve. No, I haven't, but it sounds like I should. Uh, and I, I confess, no, I'm ignorant. I haven't on that. Uh, same for me, unfortunately, uh, Davey. I have not read it, but you know what? I guess that is on my reading list now. So yep. thank yeah. you, whoever sent that question in. Yep, I've never read it either. <laughs> uh, second question. Is Babylon the Great a kingdom beast system, as in Daniel 7, verse 23, or a place like, uh, I don't know how you say that, Noam or whatever it is in Saudi Arabia? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think the it could be both. Yeah, I think it is a system of, uh, you know, world ruling, world government, uh, you know, a certain, and probably, uh, you know, a certain uh, religion, economic system. But I do believe it's going to be a place. I don't know if it's in Saudi Arabia or not, but I do believe, or, or wherever, I do believe there's going to be a city uh, called Babylon. Uh, from, from my reading of scriptures, but... I've not researched that subject, and you know, uh, but that is my opinion. I think it could be either. Um, I think the system of Babylon, what it represents, the uh, uniting of humanity, the uniting of religion, that is uh, definitely uh, a spirit of Antichrist that is flowed through many different civilizations throughout time. Um, Nuam uh, definitely is uh, an interesting an interesting uh, development, shall we say. Um, I think it definitely ties into uh, some kind of treaty happening between Saudi Arabia and Israel at some point. Um, so I don't know. It could be uh, also a city, like, uh, like Steve said. But I think the main part we have to understand is Babylon represented the melding of the East and the West into one people and if we go back all the way it's when all races spoke one language and, and had one common cause and what that is the uh you know nimrod was a picture of the antichrist that would be my answer for that yeah awesome yeah i would probably tend to agree jay and i do recommend if you want more info on this, I would probably go to the DeVore Truth channel, check out uh, Marco's teachings on A Tale of Two Cities. I believe it was a series of three or four where he actually goes into this yeah. in uh, a lot of depth. Yeah. Also, I think Jacob has, uh, I believe it's out there somewhere, Understanding Babylon, um, audio CDs. Um, I, I think they're available online too. So, uh, third question. Are you seeing more of a narrative of the media now labeling more things far right? Example, newly elected leaders in Holland and Argentina, pro-Israel gatherings, etc. 
Yeah, I definitely see it. Uh, and of course, uh, it's, it's more broad than that. It's anything, yeah, that doesn't go along with the narrative uh, will be labeled. And, and of course, anyone who's far right is extremist, is not to be trusted, his values, you know, to the degree they're they're based on the Bible or common sense. It, you know, it really doesn't matter. The hatred is there. And uh, essentially, we're going to be targeted and removed if they have their way, because things like the Supreme Court and certain uh, states uh, throughout the Union have some conservative policies, and they're almost always uh, labeled far right if they disagree with the narrative. It, it is a way to call us evil, and eventually, I believe, to get rid of some of us or to shut us up at least, and they're doing that now. Much more, much more, much more in the last few years than I've been watching. Yeah, and it's it it's yeah it's 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 many times more than it it was, and they can't get rid of us at the ballot box. They have to scare us to death. Yeah, um, uh, take our wealth, shut us up, penalize us, and that's what they're all the policies coming through the through the. Certain administrations I will not name, but you can guess, and the UN and Europe, um, they're doing their best to shut down anyone who's quote conservative. Yeah. And their values. Yes. I I would say, Davey, um, that uh it depends on what we're talking about. For for example, if Mitt Romney, who is a centrist rhinoceros, if he were to win against, say, someone like Barack Obama, he would suddenly be labeled as right wing. Whoever is conveniently opposing anything that is leftist is going to be right wing. Mayor Adams right now, who is a Democrat <laughs> through and through, is a right wing. It has been, according to the media, been sp uh, spouting right wing, uh, you know, Talking points? Pocket talking points. So it depends. Who do they need to villainize? Then the, they will be right wing. That, the, yep. it's, who, who do they want to castigate that day? Yep. I think you hit the nail right on the head there, Jay. <laughs> it's oh. so true. It's so true. Actually, I was just reminded too of an article I read the other day too, um, where... Um, the former NSA and CIA chief, Michael Hayden. Uh, do you believe in celebrating Thanksgiving? If you do, you, he basically claims that we're no different than pro-Hamas terrorists. He's basically saying that, uh, you know, spending Thanksgiving weekend, you know, with family and friends is, we're no different than Hamas terror, terrorists. <laughs> and I'm also, go ahead. Go, go well. I was gonna say just to show you the ineptitude uh, of the right. We don't have any way to go and say that this this former CIA head is a radical left wing. That's all yeah. we can say. Yeah. We we you know, and yeah. it doesn't carry the same connotation as calling someone a far right winger. You know, they're basically saying you're a Nazi when they say that. When you say yeah. you're a far left winger, it's oh he's very liberal. He he wants to be generous to everybody. No, no, no. What we're talking about is he's a Stalinist. 
He's he's in the letter of Mao Zedong. He wants to starve millions of people. He wants to destroy the economy. He wants to break down the social structures. He's an anarchist. Mm -hmm. That's what we should be calling these people. Yes. The people that say that you are a Hamas terrorist if you want to celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. Godless yeah. evil men. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my phone just shut there. One sec. I'll get the next question. What would your what would be your advice? What would be your advice to Christians who reject who reject adhering to future mask mandates because they know it's just a psychological manipulation tactic to scaremonger? Well, what I say personally, I'm I'm not going to give you you know advice. You have to make decisions yourself. But um, you know there comes there comes a point when you know the right to protest. You know the civil rights there were people who you know demonstrated against the the laws that were you know that were against you know, people based upon their skin color. And there were people who understood that was inherently evil and they did protest. And they, and I, and I think to make a decision for yourself, if you're not doing violence, uh, you're disobeying an unconstitutional rule. And really these rules are often unconstitutional and the Supreme Court historically, you know, these type of mandates, um, they look at them as unconstitutional. Like when the first ones came out in California, I knew it took me three seconds to look at the governor nuisance order. I knew it was absolutely unconstitutional. The lawyers I talked to agreed. So stand up, stand up in good conscience. Again, like the, I told people about the, the vaccine, you know, similar were man, you know, in some ways we were mandating. And I said, look, you you gotta you have to make decisions based on your con on your conscience. And some of it is just standing up for your physics, uh, uh, your rights. Uh, I think mask mandates or, or these other kind of mandates, I do believe they're going to be uh, written uh, you know, uh, against churches. And it's really t targeting religious people primarily. Uh, anyone else got, got, got rights, they can stand up. I'm not making this decision. And I think you'll probably win in the end. But realize, look, when the people demonstrated uh, you know, for civil rights in the 60s, they were beaten. They were clubbed. So... You you you're constitutionally right. You're standing up for your conscience. You're doing what is right. And in some instances, you're standing up for Jesus Christ. But realize, all of this, you know, is going to get you despised by some of these right wing thugs. Not right wing could be right wing. Left wing thugs are the new left thugs that beat up people. You know, like like the KKK once did, but they still do. And you're gonna have you're gonna possibly pay a price. So think about that. The mentality is kind of like leprosy. You need to stand six feet away from uh, your fellow men as not to inf infect them. But the problem is, is that these respiratory diseases that we're seeing, like COVID nineteen, uh, RSV, flu, they aren't leprosy so you're now yes. you're taking you're taking it to an extreme level yes. that's used to castigate and and make outliers in society yes to, yes to make people go to valleys and live in hovels and shacks right. because they don't go along with the social mores of the time that's you, what we're seeing covid being used to do you're raising a good point uh look i am not so extreme you know, for my rights that I won't recognize 
there have been certain diseases like leprosy and others that are just very, very uh, uh, you know, spreadable throughout the community and create a lot of illnesses and death. No, I do believe in these instances, Romans 13 does apply. The governors can make rules for the benefit of the community, but COVID-19 COVID was nowhere like those exigent circumstances where you can put, you know, uh, restrictions on people and penalize them or, you know, have them stay in a, in uh, uh, their own home if they're not going to get the, the perhaps the shot. Now, again, I recognize the state has room there, okay, but that's not what happened. Unfortunately, they'll go extreme. And, and some of these things are matters of your own conscience between you and God. If you believe God says, no, I'm not to take this, I will stand behind your right of conscience and uh, your, your freedom of religion. All right. Yeah, thank you for your answers. Actually, and it just reminded me of, again, Kathy Hochul. She's wanting to bring back that uh, um, power to enforce people into mandatory uh, quarantine camps. Never ends. Yep. No. It's all a power grab. That, I mean, that's what it really is. It's not, they're not interested in public health. No. They're not interested in saving lives. They're interested in, can we put our political opponents into camps? Yep. Period, end of story. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand the logic. In the courts, they, they try to they look at the logic, some of the extreme measures people make, in, you know, like in L.A. County, a lot of these teachers, they were uh, terminated, you know, from their jobs because they didn't take the vaccines. Two years later, they're asking the Ninth Circuit Court, hey, please uphold our decision, you know, that that although the, you know, the emergency's passed, you know, uh, though it really wasn't that effective, and yes, you know, there's some problems with the uh, vaccine injury, but, you know, you got to uphold the policy of us of, of, of county, you know, supervisors to make this decision, to enforce this. It's, they have to, and the courts look at, well, what, What's the exigent circumstances? Well, why two year, Why do you want to enforce a decision two years later that proved it? There were there was no reason to to be that um, take that kind of severe actions, and they have no way of explaining it. Not constitutionally, the Supreme Court cases are not in their favor because they're not logical. Ultimately, they were not. They were overreactive. You can't take away people's rights saying, well, this is our right to make the decision to protect public health. No, you have to have some science that, and here, two years later, they have none. But we got to uphold our policy to terminate people. That didn't look well before the judge who was questioning this. I saw the arguments, and uh, I can't imagine the county, the LA County School Board officials winning on that, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Davey, any more questions or was that it? That, that's that's it. Yeah. All uh, right. Thank you. Thank you for sending those in. Hope we cleared up some and didn't cause confusion most. Uh, for our final topic, First Timothy three thirteen. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving, and being deceived. Uh, this verse applies to what we're seeing coming from uh, a evangelist by the name 
of Kenneth Copeland in his latest video. So, this is your cup. This is my cup. That's the cutting of the covenant. Jesus said, take this cup. This is my blood. Now we've mixed our blood. Which is his and which is mine. All of you drink all of it. Judas had to drink it. Now his blood hmm. is in my body. Yes, sir. It's in there. His blood is mixed with my blood. Oh my God. His, his face. His blood is my blood. And his, his blood is, oh. I mean, <laughs> you would imagine he'd just say it like a normal human being. But no, he, he's putting on Bram Stoker's Vlad Tepish <laughs> and doing an impression. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's bad. As, as someone said in the comments, yeah, that man is demonic. And I, yeah, that's an understatement. It's just one of the most blasphemous things I think I've ever seen. I, it, 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 without a doubt, without a doubt, there is there is no call for us as Christians to drink each other's blood. Wow. Steve, did, didn't you didn't you make the comment earlier when we first saw this video? Does he think he's Jesus? Uh, or tantamount to being Jesus. So he's, and he's promoting the efficacy of his blood mixed, you know, uh, with this transubstantiation, you know, belief that uh, that, 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 that juice, that wine becomes the blood of Christ. All the doctrinal errors there are just monumental. And, I, and it, it's condemned in many scriptures, this type of thing. And I would just ask, Kenneth Copeland, right? That's his name. I would ask people, why are you still in his church? What, what he's done, just did is an abomination. And scripture says not to do that. You're following a demon. You better, you better remove yourself now from that demonic, demonic man. That's all I can say. Yeah. Davey, who, are, are these Christians that are in his church reading the Bible? I would doubt it very much. I would doubt it very much. Um, <laughs> and the way Ke uh, Copeland uses the Bible is just kind of, <laughs> it, it is unbelievable, really, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the most extreme version of a text out of context, you know, without co-text, all that kind of thing. It, it, it's just insane. It really is insane. You know, Jay, um, you know, we promote the blood of, of Jesus Christ and the symbols that we partake of, and that's what they are. And we know it's the, the blood that was shed thousands of years ago for us and his body broken for our sins. And that's what we put faith in. We don't put faith in men. We don't take their blood. We don't treat them like Jesus Christ, who was broken only. He was the only one broken for us that has the efficacy to remove our sins. And we will stand on that. We will condemn people like you, Copeland, and you church members, you follow that. You are supporting 
that evil and you better repent this is this is very very dangerous this is getting into idolatry it's getting into all the abominations of following men and really rejecting the jesus christ who is our teacher and our savior the worst thing i've seen to to those people that um like copeland that are are leading people astray i would say beware god's judgment comes swiftly yeah but more i'm going to say this to the people who follow copeland now the fact that you're supporting the fact that you are getting behind this man you are leading people astray by yes. following him by giving him money by supporting his ministry yep. repent because the the justice of god comes swiftly i i i feel very very sorry for people being led astray by him but at the same point i also am very angry that they cannot see how jesus is not being preached in that in that no. church that is not jesus that being preached there uh, jake i would say one thing i think it's worse uh, that they don't see and this really gets very very dangerous they won't see there's a lot of people out there who won't check their scriptures they will follow what the pastor says and he becomes a point of worship to where now they're pouring out their blood. How far does this have to go before you people wake up and understand? And all of us, really, anyone who doesn't follow the teachings of Christ and him is the only source uh, you know, of the blood that cures us. And we're not to take blood. No, the words that Jesus spoke, they were spoken symbolically. The words that I speak unto you are spirit and their life get into the words of christ and only in the life of christ not following men amen amen davy anything to add to to the this copeland debacle and you know copeland is i think he's just a symptom uh of of a lot of televangelists he's just an extremist looking for i would even call this almost like a stunt shock value yeah, it, it's shock value, kind of like um, uh, the the one gentleman who decided he wanted to baptize someone and spit. I believe that happened uh, about a year ago. And uh, I'll have to remember the name of the church, but it was uh, a very popular televangelist, huge, uh, I believe it was Revelation Church, that oh. that he used spit to, to baptize because that's, what if this is all you had? Again, shock value. Yep. Yeah. Look, I'm actually amazed people still follow these people. It's just kind of like it's it's evident to the world, and when the world sort of sees this, you know, it's kind of like it's a big turnoff. Uh, the th thing with Copeland is again too. Uh, we can probably expect it to see him involved next year politically again with the election coming up. So unfortunately we cannot just dismiss him and that kind of thing, but we really do need to expose him for what he is. I, I mean, if people can't see through that, it's cannibalistic vampirism. It's kind of like that is so foreign to what the Lord introduced at the Lord's Supper. It's a Passover. It was a Passover meal. 
Seems like a satanic ritual to me. It should qualify in church. It it it, it does qualify as a satanic ritual. Absolutely. There you go. There Absolutely. You go. Well, gentlemen, that is all we have for this episode of Catching Up with Jacob. I'd like to thank Steve, Davey, and of course all of you for watching. Uh, Jacob will be in India. Hopefully, he will find a better internet connection. Uh, and hopefully the time zone will allow him to be here. I'm going to be praying fervently that uh, Marco will be back next week so I can go just uh, be a backstage uh, behind the curtains guy. Looking forward to that once more. Um, but uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, Steve, thank you. And Davey, thank you. Yes. No worries. And thank you, Jay, too. Uh, yeah. You've done a great job filling in for Marco too while well, he's been all, you have, all away. Uh, yeah, I'll say it again. Um, I, I think, and I, I know you agree with our sugar. You're a great second to fill in for Pastor Marco. So thank you for being there. Thank you, sir. Good work. Well, thank you so much. And I, I agree. I'm a great second. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. God bless. God bless. Hello, and thank you for watching Morial TV. There are so many things that are happening at Morial Ministries worldwide, from the Philippines to Japan, to India to Africa, and back to Europe and the United States. So many of our brothers and sisters are spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to this lost world. We are so thankful for your prayers. God has been faithful and has blessed us in so many ways. If you'd like to partner with our efforts abroad and at home, please take a moment to click the link in the description and help us as the Lord leads you. Thank you very much and God bless.